I've become the servant of the gospel by the commission God gave me, Paul wrote, to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery, actually, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. Friends, welcome back to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of February 21st. Alan and John in the studio here this week, picking up on, in many ways, what we've been what we've been riffing on here in the early part of the year, the conversation about our need for oil, our need for strength, our need for resilience, for the presence of God in us, cultivating that, and then the particular focus on the Holy Spirit in our lives and allowing him a richer role, mm-hmm. needing the help of the Holy Spirit to tap into right. the things of God and the things that he has for us. And so this week, we're going to come at this from another angle. And I have been fascinated with that passage in Colossians that I just read that Paul takes the entire story of God and his intention to rescue humanity, right? To restore the human race. Like here it is. This is the Old Testament, the New Testament, the plan, you know, (laughs) from Eden to the return of Christ. Here it is, folks. This, I'm going to sum it up in three words, says Paul. I'm just, I'm blown away by that. The three words are, Christ in you, which is, of course, you know, another way of expressing the presence of God in you, the mm-hmm. oil mm-hmm. in you, that the, this mystery, this plan, this card that God had up his sleeve. I love it. It's that it's been hidden. It was cloaked. They didn't know this was the next move. Yes. It is so stunning. So let me read for us a little bit more of Colossians in the NIV, and then I want to read a passage out of the NLT. But let me back up to what Paul was writing in Colossians chapter 1. He says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant." I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed. God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
And then in the NLT, this is the those final sentences. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. For God wanted you to know the riches and glory of Christ are for everyone, for Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Mm. Christ lives in you. Wow. It's so encouraging. Yes. It's so mind-blowing. Right. I don't know that we appreciate how big of a paradigm shift this is, but we want to unpack that today. And, and because to access this, to access the hope of this is just huge. If you look at you know, world religions, if you go back and you study, you know, Buddhism or, you know, a little bit of, of what Islam teaches, if you look at the incredibly complex religions of India with like 30 million gods, you know, you kind of look at the history of man's attempt to find God, connect with God, mm -hmm. it, it is almost entirely external. It, it, you know, you build a temple and yes. God's in the temple or, and you try and keep the rules yes. to appease the God, right? Right. You hang the amulets and the trinkets at the front door of your hut to keep away the foul spirits. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you have household gods, right? Right. Uh, you, many of our listeners will remember the scene in Gladiator where he pulls out his yes. little family idols, That's right? right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was very, yeah. very common. Household gods and uh, the prophets actually in, in the Old Testament really rip, rip on that uh, about making idols out of wood and clay and, and even gold and silver. But the whole idea was, how do I connect with God? How do I please God? How do I get God to help me? But he's out there. He's always distant. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's a God that you need to somehow persuade to bring you help, okay? Okay. Now that doesn't entirely go away in the Old Testament. First, you have the incredible intimacy of, of Adam and Eve who are walking with God in the garden in the cool of the day. That is the design, there it is. There's mm -hmm. the rich, intimate life with God, okay? That gets tanked. Yes. Human race goes into a terrible nosedive and then God comes for the rescue. But the rescue first looks like everybody else's religious deal because they're going to have a temple and the God's going to come mm -hmm. live in the temple and this Sacrifices. is our God, right? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. And first there's the tabernacle, then there's the temple. And, and in the story of Exodus, God gives these beautiful descriptions of the building of the tabernacle. And once it is completed, Exodus chapter 40, it says the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So th this would be something that, you know, you got this like, I don't know, three to five million rescued slaves out in the middle of the desert and this would be something they could somewhat recognize. It's like, oh, okay, this, this is our God. Right. And he's going to meet with us 
in this tent we've made that, yes. that he had us build, right? Right. And then you get the story repeated, but much more, what looks like with much more permanence in the temple, right? Mm-hmm. David, and then, uh, you know, designs it, Solomon builds it. Second uh, Chronicles chapter seven, it says when Solomon finished praying, they're dedicating the temple. They finally finished, you know, Jerusalem has a temple. They, it's no longer this to go box, you know, the, the, the pack and play, you know, the, the, the mobile thing yes. that they would break down and haul around with them all through the desert, right. For 40 years, they've yeah. got a permanent thing going now, yes. right. How right. exciting is this? And, and so, you know, all the people have gathered and they're worshiping and they sacrifice and second Chronicles seven gives you that story. It says, when Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And then just like Moses, it says the priests couldn't even enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it. And when all the Israelites saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave thanks to the Lord saying, he is good. His love endures forever. So this this is like a pinnacle moment yes. in the history of Israel and, and of, the, of the Jewish people. God is among us, right? God is here. Where he lives, he, he comes to the temple. Mm-hmm. They understood God's heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. They understood that God's real throne was in heaven. But when he comes to us, when he, he dwells yes. here, in the temple, okay? Uh, which is why, like in the Psalms, particularly in the Psalms of Ascent, you know, you have these invitations to, to go up. Let us go up to the mountain, right? Let us go to the house of the Lord, Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Hmm. Okay? Yes. So, that's the background for us to understand the mystery that's been hidden because it looked like God was going to relate to the world and to his people like every other household God. Yes. You know, in a temple, in a particular location, you know, you, you have to go to Ephesus to the temple of Aphrodite, or you've got to go right. to Athens right. to the temple of Apollo, or, you know, that kind of thing. You're going to, going to go worship your people's God. This is what you're going to do. Yes. And I think that mystery, you know, that's been hidden still feels like it's hidden today. A lot of times, (laughs) like it, 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 like it's almost like we have to stop and get out of the matrix to even comprehend or appreciate or, or kind of soak in what that is. Like it still feels in a lot of just churches and and frankly just day to day life out there and hidden oh, somewhere. Oh, that bingo, Alan! Right, it does still feel hidden. Yeah, but it's not hidden by God anymore. No. It's being hidden by the enemy. And honestly, I I go back to some of my early Christian experiences, and the and sort of the vibe still kind of was like a a temple vibe, but it's the church now. What church wow. do you go to? Yes. Right? Right. And we've got to go on Sunday to meet with God. 
and 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 look, I am pro church. Everybody, I I believe in it. We go, we 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 bless church. We have had years and years and years of of very rich experience in in a variety of church settings. But all I'm pointing out is that it, it, for me in the early days, no one told me this that that the mystery the hidden from ages past now revealed is this promise that the new dwelling place of God, right, is in me, right. Oh, I grew up the same way. And and Eve, I mean, the whole sense of, I can remember growing up, and if if you didn't go to church on Sunday, you didn't want to confess or admit that to people. And so if you were going to lunch, you might even dress up a little if you hadn't gone to church to look like you had been at church, because it's almost like if you didn't do that, you had not met with God. God was in the church, and you went to church to commune with God. And if you didn't go that week, you missed your chance to be with God, was the vibe. Yeah. Another angle of that to kind of what feels like we didn't get the mystery, we didn't get this great announcement, was it was good behavior. Yes. Is that the, right. the way to please God, the way to commune with God, the way to get God to help you mm -hmm. is to do the right things, right? To, right. to be a good person and you know, don't sin. And, you know, each church kind of had its list of, you know, yeah. spoken or unspoken of what that was. You know, you either could drink or you couldn't drink or, you know, that, right. that kind of thing. Dating's in, dating's out. Yeah. But most all of that was external and it stayed external, the, the metrics of what you could or couldn't do. And it was nobody wanted really to look internal because I think everybody, rather than thinking Christ is dwelling in me, it was, man, the things in me, exactly. it's a mess. Exactly. And I'm keeping that hidden and locked in. Right. But the behavior, okay, what do I not do or what do I not show that I do? Yeah. It's and, all external. Oh, and when we when we came out with sacred romance, even even only 20, you know, some years ago, the message of the heart sounded mm -hmm. like heresy to many people. They're like, wait, what? And right. they had to go back and look up the verses and really check <laughs> yeah. it out and go, wait a second, holy schmoly, this is true. There is a new temple. And the new temple, the, oh, the New Testament makes very clear, is the believer. I mean, this is, this is the stunning shift. So, for example, Jesus in the Gospel of John, praying in John 17, he's praying for us. He's getting ready to um, ascend to the throne, victory. You know, he's going he's gonna to go to the cross. He's going to atone for the sins of humanity. He's going to break the claim of the evil one over us. He dies. The veil of the temple is torn top to bottom. I mean, it's phenomenal, phenomenal imagery of what's going on. Three days in the grave, he's raised from the dead. Yes. And all that's ahead. So he's praying for us before all that takes place. And here's what he says in John 17. He says, I pray for all those who will believe in me through this message, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them, Hmm. and you, Father, in me. So, you know, the Father comes, Christ comes, Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And this is the, this is just the extraordinary shift in all the world, all the universe, (laughs) is that the God of all creation has decided to come and make his new temple the heart of his followers and and then collectively his followers together the the, right. the new testament right. says both right right and john you mentioned sacred romance a few minutes ago and and what you're naming now to me is the intimacy that adam and eve experienced in the garden walking with god a union with god sacred romance to me was the first book i ever read that showed me that intimacy can be recovered, that intimacy that was lost at yeah. that point, and that, frankly, in the churches I grew up in, there was never talk about the heart or intimacy or Christ in me. It was morality and performance and attendance and all those things and good people, but I never understood that. And so Sacred Romance was my first glimpse of there is a way to live in this world walking with God again. Yes. And and it's Christ in us. Because of the heart. Yes. Because of the recovery of the heart. And and you know, the people were stuck in Jeremiah 17, 9 with the heart is deceitfully wicked. You can't trust that thing. You know, keep it right. locked up like yes. a bad dog. Right. You know, right. keep it on a short leash. Don't trust it. Yeah. Don't. And and if you just look at God's rescue of the human race, he knows the human heart is the source. This is Jesus teaches this in the gospel. He says, well, the whole thing of what's clean and unclean. He says, oh, come on, people. He's like, it's not what goes inside of you that makes you unclean, whatever you eat. You know. Yes. He says, it's what comes out of the heart. So yes, Jesus knows this. And therefore, in order to rescue and redeem humanity, mm-hmm. you have to change the heart. And that's, of course, the offer in Jeremiah 31 and in Ezekiel. The, yes. The, there's this foreshadowing of a new covenant and of a new situation. And God says, I will put my spirit within you. Mm. Okay. I'm going to give you a new heart. But Alan, even as you and I are talking, I, these examples feel a little dated Yeah. Um, because right. church culture in many places has changed so much. But he, he would be a modern example of this is that is justice. Now the gospel is justice, and we are fighting for justice in the world, which is a very, very beautiful and powerful thing, mm-hmm. but it's external, it's not internal, and right. it's still a collection of behaviors and attitudes and even language that's appropriate yes. in order to do right. In right. the world to be good people, right? And Justice, climate. I mean, you can yeah, pick your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we believe in those right. things. Those are good things. So right. everybody, don't get your hackles up here. <laughs> but what we're pointing out is that those are external things for the most part. How we treat one another, how we treat the underprivileged, how we try and end oppression and such in in the world. Those are good, good things. Mm-hmm. But that is 
not what Paul says the epicenter of the entire mission of God is. It's right. not. He says the epicenter is the relocation of the temple with the indwelling presence of Jesus in us. Yes. And John, let me read to you. This is Galatians 3.11. In the message translation. In the message. Yeah. And this is so right on with what we're talking about here. It says, the obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral or external program should make it plain that no one can sustain a relationship with God that way. The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. The main thing to me that was saying is I catch myself even today in doing things for God instead of entering into Christ in me. What is God doing for me? And that to me, that's a shift that I can stumble on. Even if it's something as good as justice right, or, or fighting against climate change, fighting for the beauty of the earth and the rescue of the earth, even if it is good, good external things, what we're trying to point out is, look, where does the power come from to do these things, to live That's it. a good life? Where does the power come from to forgive your enemies, love the people who hate you and persecute you? Where's that come from? Right. How do you transcend all of this acrimony in the world? And on and on it goes. To be kind, to be patient. Uh, you know, as Paul was saying, look, in Colossians, you got to hold on to your faith. You can't be abandoning it. Uh, where does the strength come from? And and I remember, um, again, we just, okay, like just really dating ourselves here. So there was this movie called Chariots of Fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was a really big deal when it came out because it won it won the Academy Award for Best Picture that year. Um, it's the true story of the Olympic runner, Eric Little, yes. who went on to become a missionary in China, gave his life for Christ in, in China. Um, and Little, you know, becomes a famous athletic figure and, and it gives him a platform through which to preach the gospel. And, and so there's a, you know, Early in the film, he wins a race and the crowd gathers around him and he uses the opportunity to preach the gospel to them. And I remember him saying, where does the power come from to run the race that is set before each of us? And he paused, dramatic pause in the movie, rain's falling down, people looking at him. And he says, it comes from within. And honestly, when I, re when I first saw that, I'm like, what? That is like loosey goosey, new agey goo stuff. Like, whoa, that, oh my yeah. goodness. You know, that's Hollywood. That can't be the gospel, but it is the gospel. Mm. The power comes from within, not out of good intentions, not, hey, we've all got God within us. Right. Those who have invited Jesus to come and be their Lord, to be their rescue, to restore and redeem their humanity, Christ comes to live within us. 
Yes. This is a big deal, folks. It's a huge deal. And and for the last four weeks in the podcast, through group conversation with the team, through you and Stacy, you and Morgan, we've been talking about the oil within with the Holy Spirit that fills us. And, you know, John in Galatians 5, it talks about the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives when we have Jesus in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That list isn't the only things that happens, but I find if I try to just say, what is the tangible pouring out of my life? What's the difference in my life if Christ is in me? Those are things that are increasing. Yes. It's 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 having an impact in my life and others' lives because I do have more patience, you know, in traffic and I do have more kindness with people around me. And and so we don't want to make it mystical or a mystery like Christ in you. It's not something you have to wonder about. Like you actually see that is an outpouring in your day to day. If we will tap into it. Yes. And that's the point uh, of what we've been talking about over these weeks is that first you have to know it. You have to know, hey, guess what, gang? Jesus himself, along with the Father of your creation Mm. and Holy Spirit, have come and taken up residence in your inmost being. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's and huge. you know, as we were reading from Ephesians 3 last week, Stacy and I, the beautiful prayer where it says, the Father strengthens us by his spirit in our inmost being so that Christ may fill our hearts. So you get you get the Trinity, okay? Yes. And I, I don't I don't want to say the that the oil that we're seeking is only the Holy Spirit. Because Paul says, look, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's the kingdom, like you get the kingdom of God Mm. dwelling within you also, like it's the whole enchilada, okay? It is the presence of the living God. And in an hour like this, look, this makes a really big difference, gang. Um, In 1 John 4, John is writing about the difficulty of living in a time when when foul spirits are rampaging on the earth. And then he talks about the victory that we have. And li- listen to how he describes this. In 1 John chapter 4, it begins with this. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And you see that he just... He just naturally links false prophets with demons. Mm-hmm, like he's mm-hmm. just right there. You know, there's no for him, there's no heaven and earth separation. He just he has a yes. He he wow. actually has a biblical cosmology. He just goes, Oh yeah, the foul spirits and the people that they're using, that's all one thing. This is the kingdom of darkness. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God but every spirit that does not is not from God because in the you know the great battle yes. of their era it was Christ didn't have a real body he was he was just a spirit figure right. Right? right okay he says this is the spirit of the antichrist the anti jesus 
which you have heard is coming and even now is in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, meaning the whole kingdom of darkness, the whole thing, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Jesus Christ in you is greater than Satan and all his forces in the world. And that's, that's a big hope. When, you, when you're facing darkness, when, when you are struggling with assault, when, you, you know, when you're living in a, yes. in a world that has as much trauma and darkness as ours does, as much as just the openly demonic as ours does, to, to be reminded, and I, I say this out loud when, when I need to in prayer, I'm like, no, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. When I'm experiencing attack, I will declare that. And, and it it brings great results. It brings great victory and relief there. No, the one who is in me, Jesus Christ in me, is greater than he who is in the world. Here's why we're bringing this up. These things are true. This is reality. But if we are not tapping into it, if we're not drawing upon it, then we're just as sorry and and strung out as the person who doesn't yeah. have Christ living in them. And this is me. Like I'm just stunned, Alan, by how often I fall back upon my personal resources, especially in stressful times. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's like the default switch right. is is go to personal resources. Right you know, suck it up, muscle through, and then whatever that version looks like for each person. Yeah. But I'm I'm stunned by how often I go to be a good person. Come right. on, John, just be be a good dad, be a good friend, be a good husband. Come on. Like get get your act together, pal. You know, this is the internal dialogue right. stuff, right. right? Like come right. on. Be a good person. But that is not the same thing. as tapping into the presence of Holy Spirit, Jesus, your Father, and the kingdom of God that now resides in your heart. Well, that changes everything. And, And you're talking about, you know, when you get caught kind of trying to do things in your own strength, and I'll find myself either doing that or putting my hope somehow in things in the world getting better. So I'm looking at the news to tell me, are things better today? Is the economy better? Is, yes. you know, and, and because God can feel distant. And, and so that reorienting of God isn't distant, that mystery has been revealed. He wants intimacy and Christ in us is our strength, not our external strength, not the external world. Like when when I can remember that and orient that, things start to shift in a really great way. Yeah. When I don't, yeah. I'm oh, it's it's just huge. As we so here's a really practical thing. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you all a question. I'm going to ask it of Alan. So when you are praying, where is God? Hmm. Is God kind of up in the heavens? Is he sort of, you know, he's near, but maybe, you know, up in the sky a little bit. Um, Where is God when you are praying? Boy, that's a revealing question. I think 
honestly, most of the time when I'm praying, God is not way, 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 way away, but he's not right with me. It's somewhere in the next room or the next county. He's in the neighborhood. He's near, but he's okay. not that near. Okay. Right. All right. Well, that's better than the sky God, <laughs> that many Christians pray to the sky God, meaning the, the Lord of the heavens, the Lord who is way up there. And they feel like they're shooting prayers up, you know, kind of like an archer. Right. Just hoping that the message gets through. Yes. The right. distance, that we can kind of bridge the distance there. But gang, here's a fascinating thing. The, the communion that we are designed to enjoy with God is now within. Because Christ, Holy Spirit, your Father, the triune God who we love and worship is now inside you. So everybody, just like look, look at your skin for a moment. You just look at your hands, look at your arms, look at your skin. You go, God is closer than this. He is closer than the skin here. He, he mm, is within wow. me. And this is a really, really big deal. If you listen to Paul in Colossians, so he makes this big announcement, right? He says, look, I'm going to tell you the essence of the entire mission of God to rescue the human race comes down to one secret. But then, then here's what he says after that. Okay, so he says, here's the mystery the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. So you read Paul's life, you know, it's a pretty wild story, right? That's He's right, like, right. he says, I was in danger in the country and in danger in the city. I was in danger from bandits and in danger from my countrymen, right? And he mm -hmm. goes on and on. He's like, I fought wild beasts in Ephesus. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> Paul was in he was in the Colosseum in Ephesus? Like, you don't even hear that story. No, I want to hear that story. Three times yeah. he was shipwrecked. Not once, three times. Like, his life, his life doesn't look like God is making things easy, okay? Just true, right. Massive yeah. understatement. Right. But he, Paul is living from an energy source that he has discovered, mm -hmm. and it is Jesus within him, Jesus inside of him. And this, this is the difference. Where are you looking for the help of God? You look within, you look for the resident Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, the resident kingdom of the heavens inside of you. First off, for just communion, like communing with God enjoying the intimacy, the fellowship. And this, this is going to absolutely be a game changer, folks, because you, you don't have to wait for right. a meeting of right. some kind or a conference. You, you don't have to go to Israel to find this. God mm. 
in all of his glorious energy and powerful might, you know, when Paul's praying in Ephesians 3, he says, out of the glorious riches, God strengthens you in your inmost being by his spirit that dwells within you. So we're tapping into that. Right. This is a game changer, folks. It changes where you are looking uh -huh. to give your attention to God, where you're looking to listen for his voice, and where you're looking to tap into you know, the courage you need for a tough conversation, the stamina that you need to get through a rough week or, or longer, a, a rough season, where you look for comfort. And, and solace, where, where you look for healing and the, and the restoration of your body or your soul, it is from the glorious riches of God inside us now. John, what you're saying is huge, and it's something that I, I think I have to be reminded of regularly, because like you said, you can't experience it if you don't even tap into it if you don't even believe that it's there if you don't notice and and the beautiful thing is the more we do this like i love in john three thirty how it talks about as he becomes greater we become less like we this this is a something oh yeah when john the baptist he says i must decrease right. so that he may increase right yes and and just the more that we experience christ in us the more that we are made into the image of something far beyond ourselves like it's so not up to us and and i just i when that happens to me it just allows me to walk into a day going yeah the external chaos is crazy but that's not what it's based on it's based on christ in me so gang, let me let me try and make this very, very practical right now, and then we're gonna unpack this in the weeks ahead. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing out of my mouth is, Jesus in me, live this day. Hmm. Jesus in me, it's, it's almost like one phrase. Uh, not just Jesus with me, not Jesus above me enthroned in the heavens, but Jesus in me live this day. I'm calling on that strength, right? With St. Right. Patrick's breastplate, right? He says, I arise today through a mighty strength. Mm. Okay, well, how does he do that? Well, he is tapping into the God of creation inside of him, the power of the spirit of yes. God, the indwelling presence of God. And you call upon it. You invoke it, right? You yes. declare it to be true. Jesus in me, live this day, and then I'll do it. If I'm going into a tough conversation, I'm like, Jesus in me, Jesus in me, please come into this conversation. Jesus in me, give me what I need for this. Jesus in me, wisdom and revelation. And we talked about just the simple practice of loving God. When you are quiet, when you are in your prayers or um, in a quiet moment in your car, when you're out for a walk and you are looking to commune with God, you're looking to begin loving God. I love you, God. 
I love you, Lord. You are loving Jesus within you. And this allows the attention of your spirit to kind of shut out the world and all its chaos yes. and, and to begin to tap into the depths. And, and this was the purpose of the pause app, for example, right? right. Like I give yes. everyone and everything to you. You got to let all that go first. Yes. Right? right. And you are turning inward because the world that we live in keeps us in the shallows of our existence. Most people have never tapped into the depths of their own being where Christ dwells. But as, as you shut out the world, cut out the chaos, and begin to turn your attention into Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, who dwell within you, you can commune there. And yep, you can get answers to things. Yep, mm -hmm. you can hear his voice. But the, the beauty of it first is just the love and, and the resilience that comes out of, of just communing with Jesus in me, which is, Paul says, the absolute epicenter of the entire gospel, the entire promise, the entire rescue story of God. Mm christ in us so yeah just pay attention gang so good where is god when you're praying like he's are you trying to lob prayers way up into the heavens somehow or or like Allah was saying he, well he's he's generally close he's somewhere in the city in the zip code yeah he's I'm in my in. zip code okay <laughs> or, or is he nearer than the skin of your own body? Is he closer than, is he within you? And it is within us that we find his love, his comfort, his presence, his strength. Mm. That's tapping into the oil. Yes. That, that, is, that is the fuel by which we operate in this world. Greater is he who is in you than all of the darkness in the world. Oh. 